Welcome to Tech Uncorked with your hosts, me, Sarah Jane Gratton. And me, Dean Anthony Gratton. In every episode, we take a fresh look at technology. What's out there? What's new? And we break it down for you. We dispel the rumours, gossip and hype surrounding new technology and lift the lid, take a peek inside and really ask, what's going on here? We make it fun. So let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Tech Uncourt. This time I'm joined by the wonderful Richard Soden. He's the Space Solutions Program Manager for Keysight. And I'm so, so pleased you, to sir. have you here, Richard. Oh, wonderful sorry, Dean. Sorry. Thank you, also, Richard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't oh, yeah, forget, sorry. I'm don't here forget too. Dean. Oh, my gosh. Don't do that. And also we're joined by Chris Hawkins, who's the Director of Sales and Marketing for Product Line Digital Twin, something that immediately gets me, wow, so excited. So what, welcome, Chris, Chris. or Digital Twin? Well, actually. <laughs> well, <laughs> just explain that. I haven't had a glass of wine with Chris yet, but the Digital Twin aspect <laughs> get definitely. Okay, gets, we need to talk later about okay, that. Okay, yes. Welcome, Chris. Glad to be here. Thank you. Oh, so lovely to have you. So lovely to have you here. And gosh, such exciting times we're living in at the moment and actually such challenging times as well. I mean, and you know, there's, times. yeah, there, there's a double-edged sword here, isn't there? With this need for innovation, with what's going on in the world, with what's going on in our lives. So uh, perhaps we can just start by. Well, actually, of- let's, the thing is, I know, I know the focus here. We Okay. We had the pre-recording. The focus here is digital twin. And yeah. I'd, what I'd like to understand from Keysight, from both Richard and Chris, are your inter- well, maybe you're both, or you're maybe a consolidated interpretation of what a digital twin is. I don't think that. Yeah, I don't think you can get to right. correct. There were two same answers. I keep. <laughs> Yeah. There's no pressure, but we'll, there will be there'll be tests later. Yeah, yeah and if you we'll don't score, you guys, okay. you will yeah. fail. Yeah, and yeah, and you 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 want us to show us our working you our working yeah. out as well. I don't think there's a short answer to it either. Um, I think. Uh, go ahead, Richard. You you take your first stab, and then I'll jump in. Okay, okay. For me, let me preface it with that. For me, um, a digital twin is a a model that keeps on getting better, a digital model at that. Um, you start out with trying to model a, a real item, uh, a physical um, system, and build out upon that and inform that model with more detail um, through measurement and improve it so much so that at one point that digital twin is a true digital version of a physical system that can be tested digitally. Oh, I love okay. that. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah. that yeah. Basically, yeah, well, for all intents and purposes, my interpretation is to take a physical asset, whatever that asset is, a glass of wine, for example. Or a biological asset. Or a biological, it could be any kind of mm-hmm. asset, and you digitize it in software. Boom. <laughs> boom did you mic, hear the mic drop <laughs> mic I, drop I did, that, that boom was a mic drop oh my God. I see what, did you hear that yeah Chris what do you think <laughs> okay so I've been doing this for almost 30 years and I think it really depends right so if you say digitize are we talking about uh, an actual 
model that represents that, that behaves accordingly, uh, similar to what that thing is, or are we just talking about, you know, it's an image of what that thing is. So it really differs. I think we're talking about, you know, it's a digital representation of whatever that I'll call it yes. physical asset is yes, that yes, behaves. Behaves as yes, yes, yes. exactly yeah. like or at least similar to yeah. actual physical asset. Chris is right because it's a digital physical representation of a physical asset, whether it's your glass of wine or whether it's a monitor or whether yeah. it's a car or whether it's the the, the satellite in the in, in space. But you're right, the behavior aspect of it, and that's something that makes it, I guess, it's something that makes it, you, for want of a better word, valuable, so valuable for people that want to try before they buy, if you like, <laughs> for lots of different that's things. That's what we did before we bought well, <laughs> Yeah, no, but this is... <laughs> but that, there, is, there is an aspect of that, but I think... The value of it, and this is where it comes back to informing the model, is the maintenance of it. Otherwise, it's just like building a digital twin. Yeah. If you just have a model, it becomes a a static thing. Um, as you, uh, we know that as things actually go out into the real world, the behavior of those systems and that physical asset or whatever it is that you're trying to model or build a digital twin of that the, the actual how it interacts with 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 the universe might be slightly different from what you imagined or might have existed yeah. in the model so but if we're trying to build out a digital twin that really reflects what that physical twin looks like then you need to be feeding that data back in you need to be informing the model and yeah no i Richard, I absolutely agree. As a software engineer... Every episode. Here we go. Here we go. When I was a software engineer. When I was, once upon a time, when um, when I introduced software into the real world, when you introduce software into the real world, it takes on a whole new life form because what you you think you expect, because you've tested it based upon what you think you've thought, when you... um, release it to the world, and then you have these users who've not read the manuals interact with that product or system unexpectedly, they will interact it in a way that you've never expected. Mm-hmm. And that is that is the most important part of that field trial. So yeah, I mean we could I could we could we could invite another group from Keysight in to have a discussion around that, Dean. Because no, we have we have a group actually that do test uh software um and the, basically it's a digital twin of a human right and 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 basically and and actually testing testing user interfaces and software and how people interact with it that that team tested the software on the orion capsule um for the mission to the moon okay so they're being they're pretending to be astronauts that's incredible and talking about things out of this world Yes. I have to go. I have to go. It's a fantastic yeah. segue, isn't it? Non-terrestrial networks, NTN. So tell NTN. us Actually, about what is this. NTN? Well, it's okay. non-terrestrial. I've just said it's non-terrestrial. How many times no, did we have to tell him? Because you don't need no, but what that's true. It's, no, but it's true. There is so NTN. No, it's here. It's non-terrestrial networks, Dean. Um... I know. I, yeah, it's great. 
But you got the acronym. Thumbs up for that. No, but it's. it's but no, explain but it's, it. But it's true. So basically, it's a combination. It's basically. It's actually. It's what it says on the tin. Basically, it's a. <laughs> it's a network that includes nodes of that network which are not on the Earth. So typically, mm. what that means mm. is is um, it can mean satellite-based networks. Okay. But uh, it can also mean using high-altitude um, pseudo-satellites, HAPs. Um, but uh, primarily, and what we're seeing, there's a standardization going through at the moment with 3GPP to actually um, connect 5G networks to yeah. non-terrestrial networks. And there's a standardization going on there to allow... Traffic. Work? Yeah. Well, there's that's that would be a, that's another podcast, maybe Dean. There, there are various use cases. So there's there 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 are some that are looking to go direct to device. So going from a satellite, basically mm-hmm. acting like mm-hmm. a a base station, um, directly to the device. But there's yeah. others other discussions around maybe just handling the backhaul traffic from with mm-hmm. that engine, and so all those components play a role and the same is true for any type of network right so it's you know it's the antenna on the satellite that also helps determine how much information is going to be sent and received and then the specific protocol of interest in this case we're talking about 5g but it could be other protocols and and then when it gets back down to the base station then you have to look at okay how much traffic and what else is going to affect that in weather, for example, yeah, um, yeah, or yeah. mobility, the mobility of the constellation and handovers and all of those components are part of the overall system that affects how the network behaves. And you can add another layer to it in terms of cyber. So now suddenly it's under attack or there's yeah. some type of an event and all those things affect it. And so you can quickly see how you get away from just the individual model and start yeah. to focus on systems of systems, which makes it a much more complex problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm throwing this out there to you both. How do we solve? And this is such a, a, an open-ended. Yeah. What problems can we solve with this technology? Well, so, I mean, I think Richard, Richard started to hit on this and that is, you know, what is it that that we're trying to look at, right? And so are we just looking at the amount of traffic that we can send and receive? Are we looking at, you know, specific types of traffic? Um, or what happens when nodes go down? And so we're, we're looking at all of these different, you know, possibilities. And it, it, again, it gets, <laughs> it gets very convoluted very quickly, you know, for, for us, when we're we're helping our customers, we're always asking them the same question, and that is, what is your use case? And it and it's interesting because because even though we're talking about maybe the same thing, you know, let's just say a five G non terrestrial network, the use cases are absolutely unique in almost every circumstance. It's it's amazing yeah, it, yeah. that we could be talking about one thing and everybody's looking at it from a different position fascinating that's yeah it's fascinating isn't it how how this situation and this question I, I was talking to Ericsson the other day 
about time critical communications and especially it, in light of the in, with what's, what's going, going on, on in the world you know and, and so, so time critical communications can mean so much different things in terms of i guess digital twin innovation and what it brings to society and to to businesses and actually, enterprise actually, and with that in mind what yeah. you just said i, I actually chris what are you guys thinking about the use cases with the technology? So that's, that's a great question. And I'll, I'll broaden it just beyond the 5G. So for us, when we're looking at modeling out a system, again, we're looking at the different protocols of interest. And I know we're focusing here on, on 5G, but non-standalone mode would be we need to include LTE, right? And so now we're talking 4G. Mm-hmm. Oh, but that's so bloody tired, LTE. LTE. That's the other hard part for yeah. our side. And, and Richard mentioned this earlier, right? So it's a continuously evolving model that yeah. we're trying yeah. to build and feed additional data so that we get a more accurate, accurate depiction of how that slowly influence the model to behave differently. Okay. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, that that's such a great Actually, point. R- yeah, Richard, you- to the the original question around use cases. Um, for me as well, those the 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 notion of actually building out a a, a digital version of a a network and how we enable our customers around that. Um, it's it's not just about the use, the use case is often a business case, right? Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, no. For, no I disagree with that. Why? I disagree with that, Richard. Okay. <laughs> so the, the business case is. And so this. Well, let me let me let me disagree with you, Dean. <laughs> because um, when I know where you, you know, live, <laughs> when we when we're talking with with customers, um, especially when we're talking about satellite networks, right? Yeah, there. Yeah. I, I keep coming back to the fact that satellite networks are a little bit like pipelines. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of investment up front. Um, you need to get all of the infrastructure in place, or at least most of the infrastructure in place, before you can start serving customers. And, and there's a huge period of investment until you can get your network actually operational. And And in that time, you need to find customers you need to get investment and the only real way of 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 doing that is through having a system level a convincing system level model that shows the parameters uh, and performance of your your service that you're going to provide individuals um, you need to build that around a, a a business case and the use case is part of that but the business case includes all of the mm. launch costs, the type and the parameters of your of your satellite nodes, the data traffic that's going over that. So the data traffic can be quite different. It can be IoT data, it can be global positioning data, it can be communications data. And I know, yeah, Sarah, in the past we talked about agriculture, all of the uh, we like the John Deere satellite network, the business case for that John Deere satellite network is different from the Ericsson uh, business case. It's different from the Starlink uh, business case. Uh, it's different from the OneWeb uh, Utelsat use case, right? These there are there are business cases built around this, and the parameterization of those are completely different. And and you can target individual customers or uh, to traffic, 
and build a business case around that. And the use case is part of that. So maybe that's 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 where we differ, Dean. Is I, I think the use okay. case is part of the business case, but the business case is something that steers the requirements around that digital twin. The thing is, with the business approach, is all about the moolah. It's all about the money. Yeah, but that's it's, what every business wants maybe, to do. Maybe, solve a problem. Maybe, the thing is, everybody's focused on on, on the. This is the business problem. This is the use case. This well, is what no, we're going well, to do. No. What is so, the I mean, we're trying to solve? No, I mean, as I say, I, mean, I think I mentioned John Deere, right? So they have, um, they're looking at putting up a satellite network to support agriculture. So there'll be IoT um, from um, enabling, replacing tractors with, with drones. And, and you've also got, dare I say it, Dean, a business case that says we're going to sell services to we're going to provide a service to agriculture, right? Using our terrestrial hardware, but linking that up with a non-terrestrial network. But that is a business case. And within that business case, there is a use case. I mean, I mean, you, you can boil it down to, you can boil it down to, we want to improve agricultural um, technologies and improve yields, right? Um, but, that's not going to put satellites into space. Um, you need to basically convert that into how. I mean, right? If they, if they're on the stock exchange, right? They need to they need to be able to say, look, we're investing our money in this. Um, and why? Um, so there's a business case behind that. Um, they're not doing it for their for for the humanity. Exactly, and I. There, Remember, there has to be technology a for good. There has to be a business case. You know, I working with the Fresh Produce Consortium in the UK as to how Agritech can transform the UK landscape in terms of growers, innovation coming in, into the fields, if you like. And it sounds incredible. In reality, I think we're a long way away from that. And I think we need a lot of innovation to bring connectivity to the fields. That's that's what's lacking. Um and also education, of course. What you've said, Richard and Chris, is there's the potential there to provide all this data, to collate all this data, to to share all this data, to grow, for want of a better word, the the, the industries through the case of joining the dots. Well, I think, as 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 I said, the the thing with non-terrestrial networks to coverage. Now that's. But that's that's either connecting individuals or systems together globally. So either how people communicate around the world, and and, and they can be far away from other points of communication. That's I mean, the the drive for five G non-terrestrial networks was to serve the underserved and the unserved, right? So there's huge there's huge parts of the world where there's no cell towers and and if you get stuck somewhere, you know how do you how do you call for help? How do you? But but in addition to that, it's if we're talking about agriculture or other th- other areas, it's it's about getting global data and leveraging that global data as much as possible, so that can feed into other models. Uh, and we, and we see that already with like Earth observation, right? And the fact that we can get weather forecasts that are built on big data sets, right? But you can you can that we learn and we improve our, our our models and and that's something that's going to happen um, in other areas. But yeah, it's uh, but what the 
what we're doing with digital twin uh, coming back to the original discussion <laughs> is <laughs> is 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 enabling um, to model those systems before they've actually put hardware into space or or started actually investing in developing hardware even so you can actually build out all of that capability and test out your business case or your use case right and say you know real with this much latency we need this many satellites we can help them um parameterize their performance ahead of time and see how a network will behave on a on a smaller scale or a global scale on the space and satellite as well there's a there's a history of having physical twins as well so they have things that i know for example um if you take the european global positioning system galileo it, the european space agency um they have a galileo satellite in in a in a lab to test it um if something goes wrong on one of the galileo satellites they'll they they test it against the space agency model that they have in their lab the idea of having a digital version of that means you can test it much more and continuously and you can attack it as well and i think chris a lot of we, there's a lot of um discussion around like i i uh, identifying weaknesses or 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 things where a model will fail but we can also attack that model with um, um and especially when we're talking about a network digital twin we can also do things like malicious traffic on that on that network yeah that's the well, beauty right? of the model itself right the fact is is that you can add a variety of uh parameter modifications or as richard said something more malicious nefarious and then see what the effects are do those things you see what the effects are and then from that you learn and make some decisions on how you'll modify whatever that is the model itself uh the actual system and how it should behave and then have a, a a much better solution in the end without having spent the money up front uh for the actual system so guys thank you ever so much thank you so much we've had a it's wonderful talking to you both you're so insightful and you always leave me asking more questions so yeah, i love I actually, that actually I, I just want to bully you some more yeah. i don't know why <laughs> it's Jesus. I'm Welsh. No figure. <laughs> it's Welsh. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> it's been fantastic. Again, welcome to the next opportunity. Yeah, thank you so much. So much. Lovely. This episode of Tech Uncorked was proudly sponsored by Keysight. For more information about Keysight technologies, visit keysight.com.